Listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the podcast participants and not to any participants, employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. You know, for fun. So lighten up and enjoy. Well, stomping Jen. Yes. Here we are once again. We are. Talking to each other. Yes. And about to talk to a guest who I have been looking forward to speaking with. We are going to be talking with Divya Akori, who is a Los Angeles-based photographer and artist. Woohoo! I have, yes. <laughs> I have many, many questions, as usual. As you always do. I have come prepared to ask these questions. Excellent. Are you ready to assist me as co-host? I am. I'm fully fueled up on sour neon gummy worms. Sour neon gummy yes. worms. Okay. I have eaten some malted chocolate milk balls. Perfect. So this should be... Full um, of sugar. Full Love of it. sugar. We will be in rare form for this conversation. Great. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Let's go. Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. Stomping Jen, I'm singing to you at the beginning once again. You're rhyming this time. I love the chimes. The chimes are pretty cool. Yes, they are. Um, And as the chimes begin to ring, we begin to think about talking with our guest. So let us say hello to our guest, Divya Akori. Hello, Divya. Thank you for joining us. Hey, I'm so happy to be here with you guys. We are happy that you are here. Now, I checked in with you before we started recording and asked if how I was going to describe you as a um, photographer and artist was sufficient. You, you kindly said yes, but we always like to give our guests an opportunity just to say a little bit more about themselves, offer anything additional. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn the microphone over to you and just let you tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do. Okay. Um, my, how I would love to describe myself is a Renaissance woman. I, I've wanted this since you know, high school art history class. And I learned about the Renaissance man. And I was like, why, why not a Renaissance woman? I'm really good at doing everything. (laughs) I like to dabble in like basically any sort of visual creative pursuit. And I've done a lot of different things. I've worked in fashion as a stylist. I've done some design work. I've um, done some graphic design work, um, photography. I'm a painter. Um, basically, uh, I could teach myself any of this stuff. And um, for me, it's just exciting to try new mediums. So, 
Renaissance woman, please. That's awesome. I'm going to give you one of these. <laughs> that is our our celebratory noise on this podcast. So whenever you hear, whenever okay. yeah, whenever you hear that, you know you've said something. That I love that you describe it as a celebratory noise. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, uh, that's what it is. I know. I'm it's, celebrating. It's just funny. Um, you know, you you uh, listed a long list of um, skills, and I'm curious. You mentioned that you could teach yourself anything. Um, do you typically, are you typically self-taught in a lot of, of those areas that you mentioned? Um, yeah, you know, I went to art school. I studied uh, painting in my undergrad. I studied fashion design, but all the jobs I've had, yeah, I've had to teach myself those mm-hmm. skills. Like photography, I have through everything that I've learned as a painter helped me with the, you know, like composition and thinking about light and color and how to portray people and creating a narrative that just came naturally from that and working in fashion that helped because you're creating images. And um, so it was more about learning the technicalities of using a new tool, which is a camera. Um, so that, yeah, I taught myself, um, through practice and through YouTube videos. Mm. Oh, I love YouTube videos. I, I entirely <laughs> taught myself podcasting by watching That's YouTube, true. YouTube videos for months. Yeah. Like I was like, here's a goal I want to achieve. And I just sat down and I began watching YouTube videos in my spare time. I was like, okay, I need to learn about this piece, that piece, and that piece. So, See, he's a renaissance man. I, You're a renaissance woman, and he's a renaissance man. Renaissance people. We are renaissance people, We are Stomping all renaissance Jen. people. I love it. Now, Stomping Jen, I would describe you. Um, Divya and I are obviously from the renaissance period. You are a dark age person. I'm a medieval person. Some kind of some kind of dark age creature. Thanks a lot. Sure, Preach. you're welcome. Yeah, I'm not. I am not uh, Renaissance minded. Um, <laughs> so, no, so, I'm colorful entrepreneurs. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, Divya, I saw on your Instagram that you are opening a studio in Los Angeles. Yes. Um, tell us about this new space. I was really curious um, when I saw that. Okay. Um, so I have been, like, I started getting into photography as a professional this past year in the pandemic. And, you know, I've uh, mostly just shot people on location in their spaces. Um, and I had a painting studio in my apartment and at home and I had the opportunity, um, to, and I felt uh, I had the opportunity because I got a grant and I felt like it was time to take these endeavors to the next level and kind of set myself up for uh, taking on, you know, larger projects and just pushing myself creatively and uh, what is possible. So I, yeah, congratulations. Mm, That's a that's a that's a big move. Um, does it mean something to you special as an artist to kind of have this this unique space of your own and to be able to build it up from kind of the bottom? Yeah, I I 
do feel like it's, hold on, let me gather my thoughts here. Um, yeah, you know, I, I had a vision for it. I have a vision and I could kind of picture what it is. And there's something so right about this next move, which I'm not sure, you know, where it's going to take me, but that's the exciting part because I feel like, um, every step that I take towards building this, it just opens up so many new, so many new paths and possibilities and, uh, interesting collaborations. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's exciting. And I love that I get to make it my own because I like as a Renaissance woman, as you know, Brad, um, yes. sorry, sawtooth, uh, <laughs> you know, that, you know, it's like important to, for me to create a space that like caters to all the different needs that I have. So the space I can, um, do studio photography, I could make videos in there. I can, uh, keep working on my paintings and I will have like a nice, uh, chill, good vibe space to mm -hmm. do any digital kind of, you know, like computer work. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I will say it is super important for artists uh, to have that separation space, like an inspirational space that you can make your own, like, I, I yearn for that one day. <laughs> Yearning. I yearn for that yeah. one day. Well, hopefully we'll get that. We've slowly been doing it within our own uh, home, but there is yeah. something I think to be said to like take it outside of your house um, yeah. and have that separate space. Yeah. Well, hint, hint, cough, yeah. cough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I thought I had a good thing going with the studio in, in my apartment because you know, you wake up, you have coffee and breakfast and you just like walk into the next room and start working. But now that this has happened, it, it does feel yeah. like I, I can take myself more seriously in a way. Which, mm -hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned um, that you started getting more serious about um, photography kind of um, from a professional standpoint at the start of the pandemic. And mm -hmm. I'm curious, um, as an artist, what draws you to photography, the art form? Um, I think in the, especially in the pandemic, the immediacy of it is something that's very appealing to me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a painter and, uh, in making oil paintings, it just takes a long time. It's uh, something you just like work on by yourself. And the kind of isolation of the pandemic made me really appreciate uh, the people that I was quarantined with and who I was around. And to be able to collaborate with other people is really rewarding for me. And I think that ability to connect with people more directly through photography is what I like about it as an art form. Yeah. I was thinking about this a little bit um, as even though you're with people, when you're taking their picture, there's this mm -hmm. machine like between you and them as well. Do you ever think about that? Like 
that that technological like barrier between you and the person is it a good thing like is it a bad thing Mm. is it neither you know i feel like it's like i am the person that's kind of creating a safe space for the subject that has to be very vulnerable in front of the camera and the goal, I mean, for me is to get some sort of truth in a picture, in a photograph and um, to create that sense of like well-being and comfort is what I think the human brings to it. And I think that, and so it takes away from the, um, I don't know, the distance that's created with having this like machine in between you that's like looking at you and capturing your image. Yeah. Um, Speaking of uh, trying to capture the truth of the person or the situation, when you're taking pictures and you're in the moment, can, Mm. can you know that you're being successful toward that objective? Like, or is it later when you go back and look at, your uh, your role or the 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 digital pictures like oh my god i captured this amazing picture or do you know in the moment i well, so far in my experience i know in the moment and generally it's like that immediate that first picture where i'm like oh wow this is great and like catching that moment and then i'll try to you know, like get a few additional shots just to make sure I got it. And it's almost always the first one where I had that reaction that that's the picture. And so I know, so I know in the moment when we had it, cause it's a feeling that's created between me and the person or people that um, were shooting together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in terms of, um, the tools that you you use uh, do you use primarily like digital cameras or do you use film um i have used primarily digital cameras and i got into it just using my phone you know yeah uh, that's how i started out and i feel like there's something freeing about um taking photos on my phone before i decided to go into it more professionally where I had to, you know, have higher quality images and, a, you know, a real digital camera. Um, but yeah, there's less pressure. Just yeah. Snap I mean, I'm, I'm holding up this iPhone, right. And we've all seen those, you know, promotional ads where like people have shot entire movies on iPhones, you know, the, like these are now, they're no longer like the two megapixel like things, you know, that these are, these are stomping. (laughs) These, these are, these are, these are high quality devices, right? Yeah. (laughs) But you, but you use, you use different equipment now, right? Now that you've gone into a more, um, uh, now that you're in a professional capacity. Yeah. I use a digital camera just to get, higher resolution images so they can be used across different kind of media Mm -hmm. um like print or for web um and um but i also like bringing my polaroid camera with me and taking a couple photos um just to have something special and unique and 
are um are your clients surprised by that when you pull that old dinosaur out and you say I'm going to snap a Polaroid of you? It's, it's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just something it's just something for me and something for them that, you know, yeah. does, like separate from the work part of it. That's so. a really cool thing. I um, love Polaroids. We had a Polaroid that we found that I like pulled out of my parents' house um, and we tried to resurrect it and we couldn't, it didn't work. No, it took a picture. It was just the new version. Yeah. 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 We might have to, I mean, if anybody wanted to get into. All right. Got it. You want a Polaroid camera for (laughs) the next holiday where gifts are appropriate. I got it. Stomping Jen. Okay. Um, (laughs) So Divya, I, I had a question about kind of, um, what a typical photo shoot looks like. So you, you have a, you have somebody who needs pictures and um, do they typically come to your studio and do you, or do you go on location typically? And can you walk us through what a, like a typical photo shoot looks like for you? Sure. Um, So far I, because I just got my studio, I haven't shot in, a studio space. Uh, so typically the way it would work, I would speak to the person and I would try to spend some time with them before we start shooting just to get comfortable with them so that there's a certain amount of ease, you know, that they feel when we're shooting together. Uh, of course, that doesn't work with everybody, like people that have really tight schedules. You just got to go in and take pictures quickly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just come prepared. I'll make a Pinterest board uh, and kind of think of ideas and have a vision for specific images that I want to capture with them. And then I'll just kind of let it go and be a bit more free while we're actually shooting to allow for something new to happen and spontaneous things to happen. But I'll always have this. you know, like a predetermined image that I know I can get. So. Yeah. And do you, um, do you have to haul around things like lights and all, all of that stuff or the typically Dep- is that stuff already on location where you're going? Well, depends on the shoot. Um, uh, most of them, if we're going around outdoors on location and just like moving to different spaces, no, I wouldn't have the lights. But um, in spaces where we're in one place and it's private and we can move around and have more time, then I'll bring my lights and I could do different lighting setups. But I have mostly used natural light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um and I imagine um, there are certain locations that represent challenges. Like if you have to go do a shoot on a beach or something, right? Like you have to think about, all right, I might get knocked over by a wave or a seagull might <laughs> shit on my head or like, you know, like, are there, are there like, are there, do on location challenges pose you know, a challenge. a challenge. Sorry, thanks, Donkey Jack. You bailed me. You bailed me out of that rhetorical bear trap. That that's the stuff that's really fun for me. Yeah, um, I feel like that's when new things happen, and uh, you know, I 
I don't know. I, I am a very adaptable person and spontaneous person and I'm able to be open enough to see the potential and, um, challenges. Um, so yeah, it's always been like something unexpected that I couldn't have imagined usually mm-hmm. happen. Those things come up. So I appreciate those things. Yeah. Um, I love to ask artists this question is kind of what role computers um, play in their mm-hmm. art form. I, I imagine that since you're using primarily um, digital photography, you, you work a lot with computers um, in terms of taking the images from the camera and then, you know, doing, you know, processing if, if that's what's required on them. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. Um, so actually a friend of mine kind of helped me get familiar with, uh, processing and color correcting images on the computer from taking them from digital, um, from the digital camera onto your computer and putting it in Lightroom or Photoshop to kind of bring out certain elements to create the like story and the mood that you want. Cause the thing with digital images is it captures so much information that you could really take it anywhere with film. It's basically the kind of film and the color that it's like kind of pre-designed for gives you the mood and the vibe. Like you shoot it, that's the picture you're getting. Um, But with digital camera, it's just this kind of like, base raw information and you can play with it and you can turn it into anything you want. And that's been really fun. You know, um, it is a lot more time on a screen that I'm, than I'm used to, but, yeah. um, it's cool. I, I really enjoy it. Are you a, um, a Mac or a windows person? I'm, I'm a Mac person. I don't, think i could use a windows computer yeah Yeah, me me, i I love matt i love max yeah i mean the the possibilities with how you can alter images is frightening right like i get i get three steps down an instagram filter and i freak out i'm like no one knows what this is or i fucked this up and and i always go back or you know or undo all my filters because i i always mangle it you do? Yeah, I like I have no sense of how to adjust like levels and light, oh, light. or yeah. and god forbid I start screwing around in Photoshop with that stuff. It's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um well, you know, it's kind of helpful to have a when there's a client and they want a specific type of image and for a specific platform or reason, then, you know, it kind of narrows down the, the quality of the picture, the amount of, you know, like skin retouching or color correction or uh, stylization Mm -hmm. that you can play with. But it's, for me, it's like making a painting. You just can turn it into anything you want to tell a story and um, you know, I kind of go in there and I play around and like move sliders around and see the possibilities of what it could be. Cause you can always go back to the original, yeah, which is fun. And 
Yeah. Sometimes I, I save like different versions and they tell totally different stories. Yeah. So, um, I mentioned to you, um, before we started recording that I was kind of going through your, your Instagram and, as I was doing that, I was reading some of your captions, and I was thinking to myself, wow, um, Divya could really put together like a book of quotes and insights. I'm going to read this, and I have some questions for you about this. Um, all right, so I'm going to quote you now. Quote, I love finding the power and beauty in the women I shoot. I'm obsessed with the idea. It's in everything I've ever made, probably because I never felt like I had either. My work is my contribution towards reclaiming the female image from centuries of the male gaze in art and dismantling the colonial patriarchal framework within myself in the process. All right, <laughs> let's all take a breath. Because, um, I mean, that is a, that, I mean, that a is lot. a, it, it's not just a lot. I mean, it's a really meaningful statement, right? Filled with a lot of, um, important ideas. And there's some things I wanted to just ask you about there. Um, sure. You know, I think the first thing I just wanted to ask you about was, um, you know, tell us more about feeling like you've never had um, power and beauty, um, especially kind of as it relates to the legacy of the male gaze in art and mm -hmm. kind of the patriarchal um, uh, colonial framework. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. I obviously think about this stuff a lot. Um, but okay. So I was born in India and grew up there, lived there till I was about 11 and then moved to the States. And so that move kind of gave me this perspective on um, things that weren't quite right in the way society treated me as a dark skinned girl and just a girl in general. Like I grew up thinking like, Oh, you will just never be beautiful. Don't even think about it. Like not a possibility. So I don't know. It's just like this thing, like, Oh, you'll never be loved and you'll never be beautiful. Cause those went hand in hand. And then I came to America and you know, I moved to a super white city in Boston, mm -hmm. um, at least when I was growing up there and just being so different from everybody and uh, just being treated differently. I went to art school in Boston and people always assumed I went to the pharmacy school across the street because I'm Indian and just being underestimated and, you know, like people thinking certain things about me and because of needing to assimilate as a teenager, when I moved here, like I kind of absorbed all these kind of negative ideas and then like late nineties, early two thousands were like very misogynistic time. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, so it's just like all that stuff that I'd internalized that you know as a adult with some like distance from that I've been able to kind of undo that stuff through like working through it in my art and mm -hmm. um kind of even recognizing it 
because of it. Cause a lot of the stuff is so subconscious. I didn't even know it, you know, and just yeah. like reading stuff. And, yeah. And, um, and like the creepy male photographer is like an archetype, like, right. Yeah. Like that, that it's like a joke in a lot of like shows and movies, but it's like a really, that misogyny you describe is like a real thing that has real impacts on people. Totally. Um, I've mostly shot with women so far and something that they've all said to me is how comfortable I make them feel. And, you know, comparing it to other male photographers they might've worked with and like we could take pictures where they're being sexy or, you know, and there is a vulnerability in that, but they can be that in a safe way with me as a female photographer. And I feel like I can see like the power in that without um, objectifying them. You know, Mm -hmm. I can kind of honor that power and I feel like that's valuable and that's something that I want to put out there and be a part of. Like I want to take up that space. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. I'm throwing one of these out there. There you go. What do you call that? Your celebratory noise? My celebratory noise, Stomping Jen. So when, how do you, how do you as an artist um, find and bring out the power and beauty in other women? Is it, is it as simple as saying, Hey, you're safe with me. This is a safe space. Like how in your process, like how do you do that? Uh, well, I think it's just what I see in them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like they say, like beauty is the eye of the beholder. It's so true in photography. You really capture what you see in the person. And um, it's the truth that the photographer sees that comes out. And I, yeah, so I think it just happens. I don't I don't know, besides um, creating a rapport with the person and mm. making them feel safe and comfortable and great about themselves. Are there, yeah. I'm sorry, sure. um, are yeah. there a lot of um, women photographers out there kind of doing what you're doing? Yeah, uh, definitely in Los Angeles there are, and I imagine in New York and Boston too, but, uh, there's, you know, I think there's only a handful of women that I could look up to that, you know, I could Google and be like female photographers and look at their work and see it in magazines and, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of aspire to it. Definitely don't know of any South Asian female photographers here. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, and, you know, I think that's important. I feel like uh, growing up here, I was definitely lacking role models that I could fully relate to, like maybe creatively relate to, but on the same, you know, like at the same time I was being kind of uh, not allowed to be a part of it. So Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think it's important for me to like be that person that I wish I saw. Yeah. Mm. I'm just sitting with that for a minute. Um, what do you think, Stomping Jen? I think it's powerful 
to to take on that role of trying to be a mentor, you know, without actively trying to be a mentor, but like seeing that there's a gap and, you know, trying to fill that. Well, doing it for yourself, number one, (laughs) first and foremost, but like, yes, carving a path out for other women who can um, have that same experience, who don't have to have that same experience because you're doing it. Yeah. I was, that's, that's what I, it's, it's funny. I think we're on the same, same wavelength here. I was just thinking to myself, like you are, you are going to be that role model for somebody, you know? So now we need the celebratory. We need the celebratory noise. It's just, we can't hold that back. Um, So um, in my, in my tireless uh, scrolling through your Instagram, I also noticed you did a, um, you did a shoot for a natural skincare line designed for women with brown skin. Um, and the idea there was to shoot with natural light, no makeup, uh, no skin retouching afterwards. Um, and this was to kind of reflect the brand that you were working on. So I wanted to ask you, um, as somebody who maybe typically works with all of those things, um, what was it like shooting um, without artificial light? Um Without makeup, um, I'm just curious, was that a different experience as a photographer? Like somebody saying, you know, um, no makeup, yeah, you know, no. you're not going to touch up any of these pictures afterwards. Does that, pre- does that present challenges for you as an artist? Uh, well, I feel like it definitely pushed me to be more creative in camera and on location. So you know, when I like go through my pictures, when I take the picture, I'll look on the screen and see like, oh, what does it look like? And just try to make it interesting using lights and shadows and the colors that are in the space and in the outfits and to use that to make it dynamic. I think it it was a cool um, experience to do that. Yeah. Was it easier in some way that you didn't have to like fidget with lights? You didn't have to worry about, you know, the, you know, the makeup not being just right or. Yeah, it it was fun. Cause like I told you, I think uh, when you asked me about challenges (laughs) was, I feel like it, it pushed me to do something new and, you know, every single job I've had so far has um, I use it as an opportunity to grow as an artist, as a photographer specifically, because it it is a new medium for me. And um, there's just so much for me to learn. And it's just like, I'm so grateful that I get to do it on the job because that's the best way for me to learn is by doing it. And it's cool to have people to shoot. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. I'm going to read another quote. Are you ready? Are you, how, how is this, how is this hearing your own words read to you? Uh, weird. <laughs> I didn't know I was so profound. But. <laughs> All right. Here it goes. Right. All right. <clears throat> it's so fun to capture those in-between moments when I can see someone at their most free, loved, and comfortable. I'm learning that being a photographer can mean holding space for people to feel beautiful vulnerable and powerful. Now, I love that. I love that observation. Um, And I wanted to ask you, um, 
as an artist, um, how do you work with people to kind of get those in-between moments in an authentic and um, unobtrusive way? Mm. Um, I think that kind of happens with time. It's easier to do it on a longer shoot because then, you know, you're chatting and you're having conversations and you're kind of moving around and doing different things. And in the moment of that, like play some music and create a nice experience. So it's, you know, it's not just work. It's not just you're standing here in front of the camera and I'm taking pictures and that's, it's not transactional like that. Um, So it's, I feel like more of an experience, like uh, a moment and Mm -hmm. it's a hang. So then if that happens, then it's easy to capture those, those in-between shots. I just keep clicking. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I, it's not hiding in a bush and being like, (laughs) all right, I'm going to be somewhere around here. You're not going to know. Right. It's not, what? What kind of photography are you used to? Paparazzi. <laughs> well, I'm just saying People like... like jumping out of bushes. <laughs> in, in my mind, trying to capture people to be spontaneous would be hiding from them. Mm. And I, this is why I'm not a photographer, yeah, was, by the way. I was going to say. <laughs> I would be about? the worst photographer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be somewhere in here in this building or... And I'm going to be hiding, and you'll never know when I'm taking pictures. Well, I think you're talking about two different things, right? Well, help me out. You're talking about, like, an event photographer taking, like, like a wedding photographer taking, right. like, natural pictures during an event. But I think what Divi is talking about is, like, one-on-one shooting right. specific people, which is, like, a complete... I don't okay. think you can jump out of a bush with somebody. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess, right. in, like, thinking about you present it that way... Um, I never thought about it like this, but yeah, like, I guess I'm a part of that image then because I am there and they know I'm there and, um, it's, it is like a collaboration of something we create together. And And there has to be trust there in that relationship, right? That there, you have to build, I mean, that is the key to holding that space where people can feel vulnerable and beautiful, right? Is, is that they have to be able to, they have to be able to trust you. You're answering your own question. I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's, with, that's the word. <laughs> with both of your help. Yeah, that's right. I got there. That's I right. I think I have a better understanding of how this works <laughs> in the real world now. Thank you. Um, all right. It's um, so interesting too, because like, sorry, yeah. I, I'm relating it to getting tattooed which is like the weirdest connection but that's like which is where my mind went because like you have to have that trust with your artist right that they're you know they're doing so as a on the client side right so like i'm just thinking from the other side of the camera right or you know the other side of the person Mm -hmm. making the art you have to trust that person to know what they're doing totally right so yeah you don't want an ugly tattoo and you don't want a bad picture of yourself right yeah, and and they're they're also um, in the same way maybe a photographer is. They're also seeing parts of you that right. you you know you typically don't uh, reserve for people right. outside your close inner circle. Right. 
you know? You have to you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable. I mean, it depends what kind of pictures you're taking, obviously, but Well, yeah, I mean you're lit- you're literally vulnerable, like both right. in being the subject of photography and tattooing. Like in tattooing you're laying on a table, <laughs> right? And somebody is like inflicting know, pain on or, you. Know, it's yeah. <laughs> And you're in in <laughs> photography as a subject. You're laying yourself bare to the lens in a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we figured um, it all out. Dave. Yeah. Another another thing you've said is okay. that um, it's a wonderful feeling to lose track of time when you're doing what you love. And we've talked to lots of artists about this. Um, um, this this feeling of losing time when you're doing something you love is what they call the flow state. Um, mm. I'm sure you've heard that word before. Um, and, and I'm curious if you can tell us a little more what it's like for you when you're like really dialed into that moment doing what you love. Um, well, when that is happening, I feel like everything else kind of falls away and it's just me and the person that's in front of me and all these um like I feel like I start seeing the possibilities like you take one picture and it gives me an idea and it you know like I'll move them or I'll move and we'll try something new and then it goes into and every every move kind of leads to a new move and uh um new inspiration and new things that are happening that couldn't be preconceived. And I think that you have like, as an artist, you just have to be open to that and like allow yourself to flow with it. And um, yeah, it's just really fun. It's almost like you're not thinking, right. You're not thinking about maybe your next move or two moves down. It's just just the, I, it's so hard to describe, but I just let it take me where it needs to go. Yeah. yeah. And afterwards, when 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 it's over, are you are you conscious of the fact that you were like transported to this other like state of mind where you, after you're just like, wow, that was amazing. I don't know how we got through that seven hours of shooting. It feels like it was two minutes. <laughs> uh yeah kind of because you're like oh it's nighttime now <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's interesting for me like the times i've been in that state are like when i'm typically exercising or the which is somewhat fun and enjoyable <laughs> or when i'm like doing like work work and that's not like particularly fun you know, I'm just like so engrossed. I'm not even aware of that I'm making decisions. Right. I'm just getting the work done. Yes. Anyway, especially when I was writing. Like, it's just like you're channeling something from the universe. Mm-hmm. And it's just coming through you in some way. And you're not, you don't even know how. Um, you can't think too hard about it because then it disappears. Yeah. So you just kind of yeah. go with it. Um, go with the flow. So photography to me seems like it's very physical work. You're moving around. You're lugging bags. Oh, you're, that's so sweet. Yeah. Um, do you? Uh, lots of squatting. squatting. Laying like, on the laying. Any weird? Like I'll lay on the ground. Yeah. I'll be in like I'll be climbing stuff to get a cool angle. Like I'll I'll do anything. It doesn't even matter. Um, I look totally ridiculous and crazy, but 
um, yeah, you gotta. How do you take care of your body to be able to do the work? I am that. Do you are you do you exercise regularly? Do you do yoga? Do you? I just started too again, but uh, no, I feel like that's my workout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, I I should like I should uh, exercise more regularly so I could be a better photographer, and that is one of my goals. Um, but carrying my daughter. Like Mm -hmm. over the past almost five years has, you know, given me the arm strength at least to carry heavy cameras and stuff. So I feel pretty comfortable about that. Um, That's, yeah, that, that is a thing. Like it, it is heavy gear um, and you have to get into like weird positions, but uh, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm okay so far. Limber, limber, limber. For yeah. the squats. One shoot, I'd I be done. I love how you like wrote like squatting. That <laughs> the squat. No, you, you do. You do have to do squats and stuff. But I think uh, having a kid, like uh, mm-hmm. playing with a toddler and like doing whatever you have to to like take care of them, has kept me limber. There you go. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned that um, shifting a little bit away from photography right now. That you also paint and. Um, you mentioned this to us, um, so I think I know the answer to this, but uh, is it going to be easy for you to mix your um, painting and photography in your new studio space? Are, are those things you can do together in the same space easily? Yeah, I have some ideas for how to put them together, uh, which I'm excited to get started on. Um, but yeah, I you know, it's like a pretty big space, so I can have my painting area but it is it's so different because painting is messy and with a photography space like you want it to be clean and not have like random paint splatter in your you know like on the backdrop of your picture or something yeah uh, so that will be a fun challenge to uh deal with but i i do want to combine the two and uh, you've seen my paintings, right? They're mm-hmm. por- the most recent ones. They're portraits yeah. um, of women, and they're in this kind of like abstract world. And so, something that I is like my next project, like personal project, passion project that I am working on is create these like painted backdrops um, that will maybe resemble my paintings. I don't know. I'll have to get in there and start doing it, but I have all these giant canvases, um, which is, you know, a lot of backdrops are paper or canvas or muslin. So I was just going to paint on them and then have a shoot a person in there. That's like styled Mm. in a way that fits that painted space and basically create a new, picture that's kind of like my mm-hmm. painting so that is like a literal way of bringing together these two art forms yeah. that you love yeah. oh my goodness yes i mean are you so <laughs> yes go ahead so doing some commercial photography but like you know you could do photography as like an art i mean it is an art form it's yeah. not what i'm trying not to say <laughs> but like you know like have it you know like i do collage right so like i'm mixing yeah those two for right like i'm stealing other people's 
images and making them my own, right? So, but like you could do the same thing. And what I'm hearing you say is like you you can do, it. and then you could do like a show of your. I'm, I'm going to yeah. stop talking. I always do this. I would like give people ideas, and I realize I should not do that. No, I, stop. <laughs> I totally know what you're talking about. Okay. I, I understand where you're going with it. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think about that. I feel like uh, I never really thought of the possibility of myself as a fine art photographer because uh, I don't know, maybe it's like feeling like not good enough to be able to do that or something but you know fine art photographers they like studied photography and know how to print film and uh all the stuff so like right now it seems a bit intimidating and like mystifying to me but I'm sure I could demystify that for myself through learning about it more yeah um but yeah I see these projects like these creative projects they could fit into like fashion editorial kind of spaces mm-hmm. or I don't know everyone's um I I like Instagram as a platform mm-hmm. um, for putting out creative work because you know there's no restrictions or not many restrictions yeah. and um you can be as creative as you want to yeah agreed so when you paint, um, mm-hmm. again, I'm going to quote you here because I love your I love your words. Um, you wrote that you usually paint intuitively with a seed of intention to guide me. What does that mean? Tell us what that means um, to you. Okay, uh, so when I'm starting a painting, going into a painting, I have like either I have an idea of what I want the image to look like um, or I have a concept that I'm trying to uh, relay through painting. Uh, and so with that, I'll just kind of let myself gather different pieces of information and kind of put it together. It's kind of like collage, Jen. Uh, mm-hmm. um, because I'll look at a reference image for a person or I'll take a photo of myself if, uh, to illustrate my point, I feel like a strong connection to a certain pose or a certain like body movement that expresses it. So, um, so I'll take that and then I'll think like uh, what kind of imagery and I'll pull imagery that I feel um, Mm -hmm. will convey the idea that I have. And um, yeah, and I'll have those references and then I'll just start painting and see what happens as they interact with each other in on the canvas. Yeah. Do you ever just go up to a blank canvas, like without any seed of intention um, and just start painting? And is that a different, experience for you as a painter um yeah I feel like when I'm kind of have an artist block I don't know if I believe in artist block or not but uh you know when I don't have anything uh, specific that I've been working on but I feel like I need to just like go in and 
paint to mm-hmm. generate ideas, then yeah, I'll do that. I'll just go to a blank canvas and start playing around. Like colors are really intuitive for me and like easy to like make me feel good. It's like instant gratification to mix up pretty colors and mm-hmm. start painting with it. And then um in these like abstract shapes, like maybe an image will come out and then I'll just kind of follow that and see where that leads me and something new could happen. Do you have a favorite color? Uh, mm, blue? Rainbow? <laughs> Stomping Jens is green and I don't understand. Wait, it's a very specific kind of What green. is it? It's Kelly green. Is that what this is? No, this is not what this is. This is jalapeno green. We're in a sitting in a, a room that is jalapeno green, and it's revolting to me. Oh my god, where did this come I from? I hate green. <laughs> I and so Divya, uh, this is this may be interesting to you as an artist. For years, I was walking around here like a rooster, crowing about how I understood color, and mm-hmm. I have an intuitive sense for color. And Stomping Jen, and I was criticizing Stomping Jen for liking green. And we took a color test online. No, because he kept saying he had a better sense of color. It turns out I failed. I have some kind of genetic deficiency (laughs) that impacts my ability to see green. Um, Yes, I'm very sensitive to green. Um, Yes, and I had a perfect score. And she got a perfect score. Your favorite color, Jen? What, Kelly Green? I know, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, <laughs> I failed miserably, and uh-huh. my favorite color is purple. What oh, shade of yeah. purple? That's my. That used to be my favorite. Uh, I like dark. Um, uh, what do you call that? Um, I was say husky, but husky? that's that describes my body shape, not a color. <laughs> um, what What do you call? Um, like dusky, 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 like. Um, okay. Like a dusky kind of purple, like egg. a gray, like a gray purple. Right. Um, whatever's in our bedroom. Yeah, that's I was going like. to say it's like a, it's like leaning yeah. towards the gray blue. Yeah. Uh, family. Okay. Because I have the perfect color sense. Yes. Yes. I lost that argument. Husky. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, oh boy, that went Couldn't weird. I lost. Purple. I lost my words. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you: Do you go through periods where you cannot? Um, a creative dry spell, like um, you. Mm-hmm. I think you may have called it painter's block or something like that. She but said she didn't. Believe yeah, in I'll it. just do oh. something else. Okay. Because, uh, like I said, Renaissance woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm feeling blocked in painting, I'll like sew something or like make a drawing or mm-hmm. go take pictures or you know i have all these outlets that i could kind of explore and mm-hmm, play mm-hmm. with and yeah they, that'll usually like give me bring me back and unblock me you mentioned the portraits you had been painting um and i wanted to mention that um those were featured in a um in a los angeles um gallery show um, with seven other artists called Parade Volume One. Um, people, it was displayed at something called the Bendix Building in Los Angeles. I, I don't know the meaning of that, but um, people can see that um, on Instagram um, at Parade Projects. And I wanted, I wanted to ask you something about those paintings you created for that project. Um, you talked about how you wanted to. Um, you were 
so these were portraits. Yeah. And you wanted to create more action for the women that you were depicting. Um, yeah. Kind of take them out of the typical stillness of a portrait, right? Yeah. Um, that we think of when we're doing portraits. Um, how did you go about that? How did you bake that sense of action into the paintings? Or mm. maybe not even action, but how did you counter the sense of stillness, I think is what you may have been going after. Um, I tried to think of a moment right before something was happening or right after something had happened and to put that in the painting because in, you know, like my other portraits, it's, it looks like someone's sitting there and yeah, there's an emotion coming through, but it's just a person sitting in front of you in a space that is very vague and abstract so it could be anywhere did you have so live mod did you have li sorry specific. did you have live models when you were doing these portraits no oh, okay. i i was using my uh, i just talk about them like they're real people but <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> they're, they're real to me um no it's an amalgamation of uh pictures that i get from fashion magazines and myself so it started off as uh, the series was I had all these fashion magazines lying around from my you know previous life as a stylist and I was going through them and like all these pictures that I uh, kind of put like the little sticky note tabs on to mark things that I liked or was interested in as images like they're almost all white women and I was just really annoyed with it. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to take this and turn it into me and basically <laughs> put them in blackface. Or I felt like I was appropriating this image of a white model and like claiming that space for myself. And in that kind of uh, action, I felt like it was giving meaning to the painting beyond just a portrait. Um, yeah, so it started off like that. Um, so that's why they all kind of have this stillness about them uh, in the beginning. And then, and then I, uh, yeah, so to go back to your question, I tried to put them in a more specific situation and specific space uh, where some sort of action was happening. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I was just thinking about um, somebody like uh, Van Gogh, um, and like his painting style, like mm. translates action into the painting, right? The way he he put actually puts the paint on the canvas, like in the little swirls, that creates a sense of like motion and aliveness, you know. Um, so I was just curious if there was anything in your technique that. Mm. Um, but I think you answered the question pretty well for me. Yeah. I, I tried that before. I was like, oh, maybe if I'm just more expressive mm -hmm. in my movements of the paint and it was just a mess. So <laughs> I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> do you throw, do you, um, the paintings that you kind of self judge as not being successful, right? Do you, mm -hmm. what do you do with them? Do you destroy them? Uh, do you no, take pictures of them? And then I'll paint over them. Oh, mm -hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. There, there are, 
some of my uh, most successful paintings to me have an old, very unsuccessful painting under them. And it's the like act of destroying that painting that, I don't know. Do you like, do you like, because you know that, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Part of the motivation is like erase this. Like like I have a question. I don't even know how to like get it out. Like just like, (laughs) it's like a secret between you and the canvas, right? Like, you know, that underneath the one that you, I I think that's what gives it. It's like strength and power. That is so interesting. I love that. Um, You also do a lot of self portraits. I've noticed. Mm -hmm. Um, What is that? What does that process reveal um, for and about you? In in photography or painting? Uh, could be both. both. Um, so in photography, I started doing some self-portraits because one, when I was like more quarantined by myself and I wanted to keep, um, you know, taking pictures and I wanted a subject and I didn't want to bother my family. Um, I took pictures of myself and, uh, also I wanted to, I am very like uncomfortable in front of the camera and in the public eye. So it was a challenge for me to put myself in that situation, but I could do it safely because it's just me mm-hmm. and myself as a photographer. Uh, so I feel like it helped me understand the people that I'm shooting with. And I feel like it gives me more empathy, you know, and um, I feel like it gives me a better understanding of how, um, thoughts translate into pictures, like whatever you're thinking shows up in pictures. It's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, one of your painting self-portraits, <clears throat> mm. um, as I was as I was reading some of your captions, yeah. this really hit me um, because it's it's something I feel and experience all the time. Um, I'm basically walking around the world feeling like a gigantic phony and a poser. Um, mm. You said the painting describes it as reflecting um, that feeling when I'm too much and not enough, right? Mm. Um, talk to us a little bit about that feeling, right? And and how you reconcile those two, like the, on the one side, you know, I'm, t- I'm too much and over here I'm not enough. And talk to yeah. us a bit about that. Yeah. I feel like being an outsider in so many different ways, you know, like fringes of society just makes you feel like you're not enough to be taking up space. And, um, so maybe I, so then whatever I do that does take up space, cause you know, all of us deserve to take up space. We deserve to do like pursue our dreams and put ourselves out there and make our creative work and present it to the world. So just that act feels like too much because it's not what, um, you're, that's ex- not what's expected of you, you know, as someone who's supposed to stay in the fringes or on the sidelines. And so it's, it's about, it's about like pushing myself 
to put myself out there and living with that feeling of um, feeling like I'm doing too much, even though like I like logically know that it's not too much. It's right. acceptable and deserved. Yeah. I noticed um, some of your self portraits don't have faces. Mm. What are we supposed to take from that? <sighs> That's one I don't want to share what I'm really feeling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I think when I do that, it's, it's, uh, yeah, like maybe the subject matter is too private or personal and I'm not ready to like be explicit about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, you know, all like coded in the symbols. When I was cartoon, yeah, there's something power. <laughs> there's something powerful about drawing human shapes without faces. When I was cartooning, um, I had a series of these kind of contemplative. Or at least I thought they were stomping Jen. Contemplative cartoons where I would draw people without faces. I was going to give you a celebratory. I said, "Oh, I get a celebratory noise." Hold I just on, can't reach I the love button. your cartoons. By the way, <laughs> no, they're awesome. Thank you. Um, and what's in sad? He doesn't do them anymore. What's interesting? Anyway, let me, I just want to finish this one thought. And yes, like, you're... there are times when I'm like, I can't for whatever reason, I can't draw this character with a face. It's something in me that just it's not appropriate here. I can't do it. The feeling I'm trying to capture, a face would ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, other, I get that. Yeah. It's like the feeling you're trying to capture, what you're trying to say is just too complex or deep or important that maybe it's like my skills at the time couldn't accurately but, you know, like do it justice by trying to yeah. put it in an expression in a painted face. Or yeah. is it, or is it that the, the, you're leaving it up to the viewer to put themselves into that state. Mm. You're drawing, you're painting the framework and allowing for the person experiencing it to, because, yeah. like, because authors do that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that is a really fun thing about uh, sharing art with people and hearing mm -hmm. their feedback because I feel like I always find out more about them. Yeah. You know, it's revealing about them. Yeah. Uh -oh. It's like a Rorschach block. Yeah. You right? just project because if you don't say anything about what it means and they right. kind of project their idea of what it means to them, then it's an insight into their mind and what. Mm -hmm they're thinking of in the framework of their world. Um, yeah. So I love that. Right. This is, this may be the most serious question I asked this evening. Um, oh my gosh, okay. What, what does the existence of bathroom selfies say about us what? as a species? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's uh, that we all want to be seen yeah. and it's like a safe space to be vulnerable like that. Yeah. And, bathroom selfies yeah. Yeah. we're we're given a societal pass to um you know share ourselves in the bathroom anyone can bathroom selfie yep a lot of people do them i wonder if it's too because you're looking in the mirror in the bathroom and then you're like oh i look really good let me try to capture it and then you can't <laughs> <laughs> i've done that a thousand times where i'm like oh 
and I had like try and then give I'm me like, that phone. I'm going into your deleted items folder. Oh I'm gonna fish out the bathroom selfies. Oh my Jesus! Um, okay. <clears throat> um, when did you know you wanted to become an artist? Like, when did you feel that calling? Um, I don't know if I ever like specifically felt a calling more than like, I didn't know what else I would do mm-hmm. with myself and my time. And I, I just didn't want to do anything else. So it wasn't like, Oh, I really need to be an artist. It was like, Oh, I really don't want to do other things. <laughs> so, and, yeah. I, and, you know, and then I just leaned into it. I feel like it's been, um, I didn't know myself too well. So yeah, it's been a process. Um, we talked about occupying space in the world and I wanted to ask you, um, you know, you're, um, you're a successful photographer. Um, I think you make beautiful paintings. What does it mean uh, to you to be a smart, strong, uh, successful woman of color in the art and business world, kind of finding yourself in this place right now? Uh, well, it's kind of unexpected. I I feel like I didn't see myself like that. Um, but when I did start, you know, like giving me myself that kind of value and, um, having that perspective on me and, uh, I feel like it's given me this ability to, like work towards it. And, you know, I don't think there's anything inherent in any of these things. It's just like you choose what you want to be and who you want to be and you put in the time and then you become that. So I, I think I, once I realized that I um, worked on it. And yeah. I noticed in one of your, um, one of your posts, you were talking about manifesting, mm-hmm. right? Manifesting what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I totally believe in that. I, maybe it's the influence of uh, moving to LA. Maybe it's like the ancient Indian culture that's like somewhere in me. Uh, But yeah, I do feel like whatever I put my energy into, it just makes sense. Like you put your time and your energy and your efforts towards certain things that that is the path you carve for yourself and that is the direction you go. And when you're thinking about those things in a positive manner, then uh, things that come up challenges, you could see them as opportunities for these goals that you're, you know, that are such a big part of um, like your thoughts all the time. Yeah. Um. What advice do you have for people who might be listening to this um, aspiring artists out there who are, who are dreaming of, of doing art and for, for their life's work? What do you okay. want to tell them? I think you may have just told us, but I'm going to ask the question again. <laughs> uh, I think if you want to be an artist, then I... I say try to have a vision for yourself and uh, work 
towards that, kind of um, work backwards and see what steps you need to take to get there. Uh, write it out. Tell everyone you know about what you want to do because you never know, you know, who could help you get there. That has been a big part of um, my success is all the people that have supported me. Uh, to get to this point and yeah I think um work hard like talent I would say is like two percent of it and you can always teach yourself skills it's about being skilled more than talented and being a hard worker yeah I love that um and we hear that a lot Mm -hmm. from the artists we talk to is the the grind Mm -hmm. right and the 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 thousands upon thousands of hours that sit beneath the perceived success, right? That people don't necessarily see. And mm-hmm. That's part of it. You just gotta, you gotta do the work. Um, all right. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to. Th- I have three more questions for you, and I'm trying to think about how I want to <laughs> ask them. <laughs> um, okay. um, I think what we'll do. I, Anything else you want to tell us or talk to us about in regards to um, photography or painting? Mm, not that I can think of. I love your questions. They're, <laughs> Thank you. They're scary, but um, I like thinking about these things. And I have to say, we, we have talked to a lot of people now, um, north of a, you know, we've done north of 130 shows at this point. And, um, You've done really well answering them. Oh, yeah. thank you. And, and you've given really thoughtful um, answers, especially not having seen the questions ahead of time. Like, we yeah. we, re- we rarely provide questions ahead of time. Um, this is a note for our listeners. So, uh, <laughs> you've done great. So, I'm, listen, Oops, I'm not going to be stingy. Noise. Yay! I okay, <laughs> um, we're going to transition to our kind of last two really fun questions. I think. Okay. Um, so I don't. I want to let's step outside of painting and photography. Um, cool. Tell us, tell us where where we can find you out there on the weekend. What are you doing to to have some fun um, to let loose? What do you like to do? Uh. <laughs> What I like to do on the weekend, uh, just hang out with some friends that are in my bubble. I, my daughter is not here right now. She's at home with my parents in Boston and I'm in LA, but, you know, hang out with my family, uh, go for a hike I was just at a Dodgers game which was really <laughs> cool and weird to do something so normal yeah um super fun it it was yeah it was it was very nostalgic um it was interesting and um yeah okay. I, yeah just yeah. just the usual yeah stuff. just hang out that's okay <laughs> that's totally fine um <laughs> All right, this 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 last question, believe it or not, is the one that trips up the most people, right? Oh Stomping Jen. I have been criticized endlessly by guests, sometimes while we're recording, for not providing this question ahead of time. But I, I am going to ask it, so prepare wow. yourself. Take a deep breath. Um, <sighs> okay. okay. 
All right. Um, what have you experienced that you cannot explain? Maybe the spooky music will help. He loves playing the spooky music. Uh, that is very loud. Spooky oh, music. okay. So I have really like crazy intense dreams where I will have an epiphany in my dreams. It's pretty cool. Um, but I'll have these like recurring dreams sometimes uh, where it's really stressful and I'm like either trying to like get away from something or uh, save someone or whatever, like something very challenging and stressful that I have to undertake. Um, and when I finally succeed, like, so I'll have the same dream. Uh, it ends before I face my fear, quote unquote. And mm. then when I face the thing, um, it's, it's cool. It's like, plays like a movie. I'll remember it when I wake up and it solves some like longstanding problem I've been dealing with. And I find an answer um, to it, to my dream. It's been pretty cool. I like when it happens. Mm, and it's unexplainable. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Really appreciate that. And thank you for not yelling at me um, yes. for asking that question. <laughs> He's always searching for aliens and ghosts. Oh, we, I always don't find an alien or a ghost, no. but, you know, I like that. I like dreams. I was telling Stomping Jen before we recorded this, I actually dreamed about you and doing this interview. Yeah, what? it was this weird dream where I was trying to get to California wow. to interview you, and I missed the plane because somebody in the airport freaked out. Um, they didn't want to wear a mask, so they didn't do the plane. Oh, my God. But then I yeah. woke up. Then I woke up. Then the next part of my dream, I was sitting in California at an Old West hotel um, wow. with Stomping Jen outside on a patio. And I was like, I've got to get to this interview. <laughs> and that was the end of the dream. I woke up. That's because we oh, were gosh. napping. And now we're here. Yeah, that's right. We were napping. We were um, napping. <laughs> all right. The weirdest dreams happen during naps. All right. Oh, we. So all right. Divya Akori, photographer. Painter. Renaissance woman. Renaissance woman. Yay. I want to say thank you um, for taking time to talk to us. Thank you. I feel you. we learned a tremendous amount from you. Aww. And I hope you will come back and talk to us at some point in the future. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was so nice to talk to you guys about so, this. You made me feel really... Uh, comfortable. I was, I was really nervous going into it. So, yeah. Um, thank you. You you were really a fantastic um fantastic guest and I, I really appreciate you opening up and answering the questions. Um our listeners. Yes. I have a message. What is it? Thank you for listening. Oh, what a nice message. Um we love you. We do. We appreciate you. We do. What else stomping Jen? Subscribe. Right. Download. Yeah. Share with a friend. Share with a friend. That's Share important. Share with a friend. Right. We want people to hear these amazing conversations That's we're right. having. That's right. Um, what else? Uh, That's it, right? Uh, be safe. Be safe. Um, still wear a mask, even if you've been vaccinated. True. Right? Okay. Wear a mask. Yep. Do all of that. Get vaccinated. And... um. Uh, That's is, it. Is it time to say I bye think now? It's time. We say bye okay. now. All right. Um, 
Divya, do you want to give our listeners a bye now? That's how we end these episodes. Uh, bye now. Thanks for listening to me. All right, Stomping Jen. Bye now. All right. Um, bye now. <laughs> <laughs> This world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate. Those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibility. That all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity. And that the sources, scourges of poverty, disease, and ignorance will be made disappear from the earth. And that in the goodness of time, All peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed by the binding force of mutual respect and love. I shall never cease to do what little I can to help the world advance along that road. 